Hello and welcome to CM Conversations, a podcast brought to you by Charlton Morris. I'm today's host, Abel Kasanji, a recruitment consultant specialising in construction, agricultural and aggregate markets. In this episode, we'll be addressing the topics of discrimination and diversity. Recruiting in these markets, I've noticed a lack of black professionals, and this is especially true in leadership roles. However, as a black man that talks to people in this space every day, I've never experienced racism or conscious discrimination, so I've often wondered why this imbalance exists within the industries. So, I reached out to black professionals in the market to hear about their experiences. This got me chatting to Michael Miller, a black professional who has over 19 years experience in construction as an environmental engineer and is now president at Sustainable Solutions, a soil company based in Orlando, Florida. We were also joined by his friend, Edward Gonzalez, an account manager at Mellet Company. If you guys can just um, start off by sort of introducing yourselves. So, um, for example, Eddie, what do you do? Uh, I'm Eddie Gonzalez. I work for Malak Company. I'm an account manager for Central and Southern Florida. Uh, we're an aggregate company. We, we sell rock crushers, mining equipment, uh, agriculture equipment. So, Brilliant. And Mike, yourself? Hi, yes. Uh, my name is Michael Miller. I'm the president of Sustainable Soil Solutions, and we develop uh, soil-based, organic soil-based products uh, for the uh, community, for residential, agricultural, and we have a lot of farmers that we uh, have as customers. So um, basically, we do all things that has to do with organic soil products. Okay, fantastic. And um, so how did you guys actually meet then? I think the first time we met was at BS Ranch, right? Uh, yes, that was the first time we met. That's correct. Uh, and BS Ranch Farm, by the way, is actually the manufacturer of the uh, the soil-based product. I, I uh, distribute and and uh, and retail sell those uh, products. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was visiting a customer, and Michael was there. I said hello, we introduced each other, and then it wasn't until the uh, the compost show that I saw you again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so what happened at the compost show? That's what we discussed the other day. We, we kind of bumped into each other and, and looking around the, the, what was it called? Uh, it was the Compost 2020 is by the uh, yeah USC, USCC, I, I guess it is, USOCC. We just kind of gravitated towards each other because we'd met before. I saw, I saw Bill Stanton, I saw Michael, and I went over and we just kind of looked around the room and kind of noticed... Uh, like the Sesame Street, two of these kids are not like the others. <laughs> well, <laughs> and it is very funny because you know um, I was walking around and I and I was looking and you know I'm, and you know we're used to going to these sort of uh, uh, events, these uh, these uh, conferences. But again, you know, it was like you're not necessarily looking, you know, for anybody, you know, that kind of looks like you. But uh, for some reason, there's a, some type of reassurance when you do see see someone like that. And so when I saw Eddie. Like, oh, okay. So we, we never really started chatting about our situation. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. I, I completely understand what you mean by that in, in the terms of when you are in a place where you see yourself as maybe the minority, if you find another one of yourselves who is in that same bracket, you immediately sort of gravitate towards them and you want to you wanna connect, don't you? Perfectly, perfectly put. Okay, so um, for, for yourselves, guys, um, I'll start with you, Eddie. What have your sort of experiences been within the, your sort of industry in terms of sort of diversity and others? I, I don't, I can't say that I've seen a whole lot of diversity other than Miami. Miami is a, a very strong Cuban and, and Latin culture. Uh, but for the most part, yeah. looking across the state, 
there isn't a whole lot of diversity, but my experience has been very, very welcoming, very warming. Uh, everybody's been willing to, to teach. I'm a city boy. I'm, I'm from New York City. And being in the South, it's amazing how welcoming and how open people are to teach you about what they love to do or about what they're doing. So I haven't had any roadblocks or any any issues that I've come across. It, it's always been a very welcoming and, and kind of positive reception. Yeah, fantastic. And, and I know you mentioned there already sort of the fact that it was within the South and you felt sort of in the Cuban area in terms of the people around there. Do you think the the fact that yourself was someone that can speak sort of Spanish, do you think that was that was helpful for you within that case? Extremely helpful. As a matter of fact, that, that was one of the reasons I was recruited uh, to the company I work for. They were looking for, for a bilingual uh, account manager, and it, it opened up so many doors. It's funny because you, you go down to Miami, and if, if you don't speak Spanish, it, it's probably uh, and not in your best interest. It, yeah. you, you'd have to speak a little bit of Spanish if you want to get places. And it just makes people feel more comfortable that you've even Spanish. Spanish is, uh, don't tell my company, but it's not as fluent as they think it is, but shows <laughs> <laughs> the customer that, that you're willing to try. Yeah, definitely. Most of the customers down there speak English and speak English very well, but they'd rather me stumble over my, my bad Spanish uh, than speak English. So it, it's, it's been nothing but a positive thing for me. It's definitely opened a lot of doors for me. Oh, brilliant. That's fantastic. Great. And Mike, Michael, for yourself? Well, as far as my experiences are concerned, you, you speak about, you know, the hospitality. Eddie speaks about the hospitality. I was just speaking with my friends yesterday about, you know, the Southern hospitality. I was born, raised, and, and, and educated here in Florida. Um, you know, my, my uh, experiences in the Air Force took me elsewhere. Uh, so I, I included those into what had made me to who I am now. And my experiences, have not, I, I, I have not had a negative experience in the agricultural world. Um, I, when I was approached uh, by, by the owner, um, it's so, he, he's so different. He's uh, the, the classic, uh, I would say, Southern uh, uh, farmer, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and the thing is, when you contrast to, 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 to me, you know, I'm the guy, the guy that went to, to the college, the black guy, and, and we immediately hit it off. Not necessarily because of anything except for the fact we had interest in basically humanity. I was in sustainability. I'm a sustainability engineer. He just believes in humanity and that everybody should be created equal, which I found. And that's how we end up getting into the conversation about diversity. And, and, and I ended up, uh, he ended up convincing me to come over and, uh, and start working with him. Um, but, and, and through that relationship, I was able to go to other places in the Midwest and throughout here in, in Florida. And uh, like Eddie, um, I was always approached with a respect that I would see with anybody else. Exactly, so so yeah. my, my experience has been positive. Yeah. And, and that's fantastic to see from both of you that you've got both got sort of the same reception and that you've never sort of been discriminated. It's always been an issue of you've always been sort of welcomed with open arms and something has been seen as you're sort of there to help the business and there to grow and move forward, which is brilliant. Yeah, if, if, I'm, if I might add, yeah. I think a lot of it too has to, it was curiosity too, okay. um, from, from, you know, those people that I met. And, and then again, you know, once, uh, you know, they know about my background, it was almost even more 
interest into yeah. well, how this guy get here, where did you come from, and it, yeah. and it leads to great conversation. So again, um, uh, my yeah. experiences have been positive. Yeah, and just adding on to that point, Michael, of curiosity. So by that, do you mean sort of once they viewed your profile and sort of your experience, they were interested in finding out a bit more about you and sort of what you could bring to the organization? Absolutely, and yeah. that's how I. That's how the owner again. He was convinced because we. <laughs> it's funny because I was working for another company yeah. and I was actually looking for, he has a number of businesses and I was in the water and wastewater the business. Right. Yeah. And what I was doing was doing actually looking for his properties to do an inspection uh, okay. for the water utilities and ensure that whatever type of business that they were doing, that their water wasn't going into the municipal system and, and, and basically contaminating. The wastewater as it's going going out to to our facilities, yeah. and so and so I'm parked in in his in his parking lot. Then all of a sudden, this big truck comes behind me and parks behind me. I'm like, "What the heck? I can't get out, right?" And that's how and that's how we started talking. I'm telling him why I was there, and then we started getting into the conversation. And the more I spoke about my experiences and yeah. you know the things that I did the more engaged we got and then we decided, hey, we got to meet again and that, that yeah. was the start of it. So it was just sort of by opportunity, it was just by chance and look where you are now. Yeah, and it's so funny yeah. because he saw me driving back and forth <laughs> on the road because I'm searching for this place and I'm, I'm getting a little, you know, agitated. I'm like, damn, I can't find this place, right? <laughs> and so anyway, he finally, you know, he finally, you know, pulls behind me and that's how it all started. He said, I see you, you know, you, are you, are you lost? You looking for somebody in particular? I said, yeah, you know, and then come to find out it was him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. It's crazy, isn't it? How things, how these things happen, things fall into place. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. And um, so moving on then, um, in terms of yourselves, guys, how do you sort of think, what, what needs to be done to champion and to sort of promote diversity within your, your industries? I think Michael and I both agree that, that it's education and exposure. And, and Michael says it perfectly when he says at a young age, you know, uh, and, and I'll say this, I can, I can only speak from my experience growing up where I grew up and, and my mother always told me, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. You can be anything, but never really got into the details of what that meant. You know, like she maybe said, you could be a doctor, a lawyer, anything which in my head is, okay, I should be a doctor or a lawyer, but there's so many industries and there's so many opportunities and positions within each of those industries. I mean, construction alone, if you tell a six-year-old construction, they think, you know, wear a hard hat and swing a hammer, but there's, there's hundreds of positions. There's, there's purchase agents, there's, there's engineers, there's so much available. And I didn't have, I didn't have those I didn't have that in my mind. So for me, if I had been educated at a young age and had the exposure of, hey, here's this, maybe you like this, and let me show you all of the all of the positions that you could apply for in this industry. I never had that. So I think that's extremely important. I try to tell my son, he's only five, I try to tell him, you know, find what you enjoy doing and whatever it is. If you do that at a high level, you'll be successful. You'll you'll if you're top 10% of whatever you do, even if it's making sweaters, you're at the top 10%, you're going to make a nice living for yourself. And, and I, the, the possibilities really are endless. I, I don't think we even scratch the surface if we talk about all the different opportunities in agriculture and construction and mining that, that are out there. So, It's so true. 
I completely agree with that, especially with you so, sort of saying the opportunities. There is so many avenues. It's, it's a countless number. And day by day, we're still exploring even more, aren't we? And, and I completely agree with sort of the fact that you're saying it is with education right from when, from when children are born. Because at the end of the day, that's how we move on in life. It's by what we're taught and what we learn is how we then react and move on with our lives. And it's forever expanding. I mean, the, and right now with the coronavirus, there's industries and positions that will be created just because of a need, because of what's going on now. Exactly. Yeah, completely. It's never, it's not, it's never just set in stone. It's something that can always change um, depending on sort of external variable factors and f- features. That's what depends on it, isn't it? And Michael, for yourself? Yeah, yeah. just to, uh, to tag along to what Eddie said, uh, you know, education and exposure, but I'm almost of, of the impression that exposure is even greater sometimes than education and at a very young age. What I mean by that is that, you know, if I look at my background, you know, I, I started in the Air Force. I, uh, you know, was a crypto linguist, Russian and Spanish. Got out of the Air Force. I went to college, microbiology degree, got out of college, did hazmat, did, you know, uh, all types of, uh, of, of, let's say, uh, all over the country, basically traveling all over the country, um, dealing with the nuclear type stuff or chemical warfare agent stuff. And then I got out of that and then went back to college and then for, for a master's in environment engineering, then getting into uh, the, the laboratory. I worked in the, uh, uh, let's say, uh, the microchip business, and then eventually going into the water and wastewater business. And the reason I went through all of this is that in each particular area, just as Eddie was saying, it showed me that there are other things, there are so many interests out there. And the thing is, I was fascinated by in each industry that I went into. And as Eddie said again, about how things are starting to just from those particular, let's say jobs, other opportunities spawn. So that's why when I say exposure, when you expose kids at a young age to so many different things, so many different places, so many different cultures, you, you, they eventually find something that they are, let's say, enamored by and, and potentially want to follow as a career. And even starting in that career doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stay in there. So I, I agree with everything that's been said, uh, but I really, really feel that, that, that exposure is, is, is very important. And the second thing I would add is that those of us like myself and Eddie who are in positions where we are representing, let's say, a particular uh, demographic that may not be represented so well in an industry, we have to be able, we have to make it part of our duty to get out there and to uh, to basically get in front of all of these the, the various uh, uh, underrepresented uh, demographics to show them, you know what, look, you can do this. You, you yeah. can do this. Yeah. And it's no different than when I was at the conference and I saw Eddie, I got a sense of reassurance. That's yes. the same thing. And I think it, it would really, really be beneficial in helping to change and, and increase the diversity in these industries. Yeah, no, fantastic. And, and so Michael, with that point of sort of exposure, by that, do you mean sort of maybe uh, companies going into schools when children are sort of a young age, or at the same time, even maybe sort of children maybe being sent on field trips to, to certain companies and being like, you know, days out where they can just stand there and watch and sort of they can be explained, this is what happens here. This is something potentially for the future. Do you know what I mean? As sort of a job fair to, to allow them to know that there is more than one thing within sort of an industry and it's so broad that you can do. 
you know, yeah, you 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 must have been reading my mind. I mean, because <laughs> that, you know, you you need both. You you actually need both. Uh, companies need to reach out more into these these uh, uh, these demographics that are underrepresented because you know the level of talent that is out there is being missed. That can really really help to uh, um, propel these businesses. You know, from an economic and from a just a marketability standpoint. Um, so I think the companies need to offer more in order to get out there and to want to to bring these different uh, uh, cultural aspects. And and then on the on the other hand, I truly believe as a part of uh, of, of our educational system, there needs to be something in place where, at every level, kids need to be able to go and travel to a certain place for a certain period of time and experience yeah. different things. I don't know exactly how to implement that, but you know something. We got enough smart damn people here in this in this country and in this world where we need to figure out how to be able to do just as you said earlier to take these kids, take them into a place where they you know a, a, an area where they can see you know how the rock mining business goes, how you know they they excavate or how they you know uh, 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 put in sustainable uh, 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 principles within you know houses or in the environment. So I agree wholeheartedly. No, definitely, yeah. In, in the old days, and, and I, I'm, I can say the old days because I'm an old guy, you know, they used to have uh, where, where your, your mom or dad would come to work career day and talk to the kids. And I haven't seen that. My, I haven't seen that in my children's school. Uh, I think today, I think people rely on the internet, but I think a combination of, of maybe bringing in a young age, somebody who's in a, in a position that, that maybe isn't like a fireman, something that's Oh my goodness! I didn't even know that 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 position existed. What what do you mean, sell rock mining? I, I think it's a combination of that, and it makes a difference. That kids have access to the internet, and you can find just about anything. But if you don't have a, a compass pointing you in a certain direction, you're you're still kind of you're, you're rudderless. You know, you're you're just uploading the internet. I think a combination of, of schools and businesses just put getting together and and. It all starts at home. I mean, it all starts at school. And I can't agree with you more, Michael. I, I think businesses need to do more, uh, especially in, in areas that maybe don't seem like it would be someplace that you would find a candidate. But it opens up your talent force. It opens up the, the work pool. And, and it, I think it benefits both the communities and the businesses. I, I think absolutely that's what needs to be done. More education, more And Abel, if, if, I can, if I can add to that uh, just quickly. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm a sustainability engineer. You know, I, I, I got certification as a sustainable uh, sustainability engineer. And that what we're talking about, right, incorporates everything that uh, we want to do as a uh, in, in sustainability. And that, you know, incorporating not just, you know, <laughs> the Internet, but just taking the social aspects of what we do, the, the, the environmental and the economic uh, aspects and having people like us, sustainability leaders get in front of people to be able to show them exactly how we can get this done and everything is on the table and everything is included as opposed to the, uh, what I consider vulture capitalism that we deal with now, we move, that's, we move over towards the conscious capitalism. And, and I think once, uh, once we get more people to communicate that and speak out on it and, and to advocate that, I think you'll, you'll see a change in the diversity and uh, um, I think worldwide, I really do. Yeah.
No, and, and you know what? Those three points um, that we've actually just discussed and I think are so important, sort of the exposure and education to, um, to children, the, the having someone in sort of a leadership role going out there and giving that sort of education. And like you say, finally, um, what, what Eddie mentioned there, the sort of having people that you sort of relate with, especially at a young age, because at a young age, you look up to your parents, you look up to those who are older that you sort of relate to and looking at people there, actually showing showing what they do and seeing others maybe within your class and their parents, what they do, it really is sort of an influencer and it's something that can really influence them moving forward. And, 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 and to continue on what that point you just said, those leaders have to be accessible. They have to be accessible. So if there's a kid there who may not, you know, that not their parent, but make the leaders have to make themselves accessible to those kids that want to reach out and give the impression and give and 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 convey that to those children when they're there. Like, look, you got any question and that sort of stuff? Hey, here's my email address. Here's my uh, uh, you know whatever social yes, media yes. access because you know they're gonna know it, <laughs> and that's how. You, and so that's how I think that the accessibility is critical as well. And that, and that can be done so simply, can't it? By sort of when the leaders do come into these sort of schools or wherever it is they go, just a simple thing such as leaving a business card with sort of an email address, a phone number, a social media directory, somewhere where everyone knows that, that they're very easily accessible and that they will listen to what they have to say. And once they can, they'll get in return to them. Okay, fantastic. Within a workforce then, um, sort of, how do you think diversity benefits the workforce? I think personally, seeing things from a from a different viewpoint, a different perspective. Exactly. Yeah. A perfect example. I, I was recruited because I speak Spanish. It was profitable for me to join the team, and it was also profitable for the company to have me join the team because it opened up every business that when you walk into that door, if they speak Spanish. I automatically have that that skill, and it's it equates to accounts, it equates to dollars. It, I, I think it it's it's profitable for for both. Yeah, it's definitely, it's very mutually beneficial, isn't it? Correct, and, and you also when you open up your eyes to different things, it, it's a beautiful thing. I, I think I use the the whole boiled peanuts analogy. When I lived in New York, I would I'd never even heard of boiled peanuts. Moved to the and, and all of a sudden, somebody's like, here, try these boiled peanuts. And I'm looking at this bowl of what looks like like brown mush. Like, absolutely not. will not. And the minute I've been into it, I was like, oh, my God, this is heaven. How, how have I not? <laughs> and I think the same thing happens from a work standpoint, from being diverse in a workplace. I think it opens up your, your talent pool. It opens up doors for you. Uh, it, it just it, it's mutually beneficial. Like you said, I, I, the best thing that can happen is having that diversity that you, that you don't have a bunch of people that see it the same way that, that all yes men and all agree this it's good to have somebody go no hey what about this have we thought about this and the reason that people think differently is because they're raised differently they're exposed to different experiences so and that's so important like you say with the experiences everyone grows up in different ways no one person will grow up and face the same experiences and that on its own will sort of channel so many different thoughts, so many different sort of feelings into them, which when actually used from a business point of view, having so many different ideas coming from all directions, all angles, all places is so beneficial, like you say, in that it's not, it's, it's niche. 
it's not the same as everyone else is doing. If you're doing something different from a competitor, it's always going to be a benefit, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 everything you guys said is, to me is directly on point. Um, and then uh, first I will say, Eddie is absolutely correct. You know, boiled peanuts are the bomb, man. <laughs> and that's for the world to know. And I'm particularly like the Cajun ones, which are hot, you know, spicy. So anyway, I just want to get that out there for the world, man. I, I love the boiled peanuts, but, uh, but, you're, but, but, but you're, 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 everything you guys have said uh, is, is absolutely correct. And, 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 I, and I think that more than anything, when you have diversity, I think you, people start to see people more as people as opposed to a demographic. And, the, 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 and, 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 and what I found in a lot of the industries I've been in, because I've been in a lot of places where there have been you know, few people that look like me and Eddie, right? But in each relationship, in each conversation, people, just as I said, the owner, when they were for this current position that I'm in before that, they didn't see me at the end of a conversation as a black man. They saw me as Mike. And I think what diversity does, not only does it, you know, you have the talent pool, not only do you help the company save money, you know, when people feel like they belong, they're going to be more loyal to the company. You don't have to have the, re, you know, the, the retention is, is very low. You don't have to have all the costs of trying to retrain people or recruit people and so forth and so, so on and so forth. So it helps the business. But again, to me, the main thing is that when you start to recognize that some of those, some of those labels that you may have attributed to a certain group maybe are just that. And when I say labels, those negative labels, and you see that that person is the same as you, and you look at that person as that person and not as that particular demographic. Yeah, it, it dispels a lot of the stereotypes, you know, where people, everybody's an individual and, and regardless of what they are, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. I get that. But people are like, oh, I bet you can dance real well. I'm like, I can't. I actually can't. <laughs> I, I bet you can cook Spanish food real well. Actually, I can't at all. So, yeah. but but, it, but it, you know, the stereotyping. There is some legitimacy to that, but it's when you use that in a negative connotation because there are certain. That's the different. That's what culture is. Culture is such that there are certain things that you may do in this particular area that you don't do in this area. So that's okay. But yeah. when you use that to 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 uh, to disadvantage a group. That's when it becomes negative. That's when it becomes uh, uh, destructive to the whole, you know, no, to whole, to humanity. Yeah, definitely. And like you say, it's about it's about channeling the positives from that the, what may be a stereotype and finding out what's good about this, rather than hey, they do this or they do that. Let's put them down for it. It's more about celebrating and channeling it and actually bringing people up with it, isn't it? Absolutely correct. Well, well said. No, definitely. And um, just as a point of view for, from yourselves, do you think sort of within within the industry then, um, could it be that maybe there's sort of the, there's the fear of going into the unknown? Um, like, like you mentioned, Michael, before you sort of um, were in your current role, that there was no diversity and your boss didn't really know sort of about um, what to expect. But do you think it's that fear of going into the unknown, of not knowing what will happen if we diversify the workforce? is actually sort of limiting it at the moment and that's that's from both parties as in from the actual sort of employer and the potential employee as well 
Yeah, I, I, that's a very, very good point. And I would say in every coming out, even coming out of high school, going to the Air Force, there was a certain anxiousness that I had going into the Air Force. There was a certain anxiousness I had in choosing to try and learn the Russian language. There was an anxiousness in going back to to getting out and going to school and going to, to the various uh, areas that I did. So, you know, but maybe, you know, I don't think I'm any different from any, any, uh, anybody else. Uh, I grew up with a single mother and she gave me the confidence to think that, you know, don't be afraid, whatever it is, you know, there's nothing wrong with being afraid, but whatever it is, if someone else has done it, you can do it. So that, 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 that hesitation is, I, I can see is, is in, in everyone. It, 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 I, I could see when they're going into something different where they don't, especially when you don't see a lot of people that look and think like you, right? Yeah, now, yeah. and then and by the same token, the, the systemic, uh, the, there's a systemic racism in the world. Let's get it out there. It is there yeah. and, 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 and we can't deny it, right? And, uh, and a lot of the, the, the people that are in, in the leadership positions have been a product of that system. Some are able, many, I should, should say many, are able to, uh, to educate themselves beyond yeah. some of the negative uh, 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 aspects of, of, of that. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, that's, the, that's, where, they, that's where they grew up. That's, that's where they're taught, especially exactly. in the South. So, yeah. so when you're looking at this industry, especially when it comes to agriculture, where, you know, the big farmers have been, at least on the, 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 the white farmers in here in the USA, you know, the, the big farmers, I mean, it, it's dominated by uh, white males who typically have been subsidized a lot by, by, by the government. Not to say you don't have a lot of black farmers here, which you do, but they're smaller and they haven't gotten as much help over, over, over the years. So back to your point, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, how you have been brought up in, in, in those cultures, um, it has played a bigger, it has played a big part in why we find the limited diversity that we do here in, in agriculture, in my opinion. I think, I think what you said, I think there is fear on both sides. It's that fear of the unknown. Uh, and again, I can only speak for myself being, being Hispanic and, and, going into the industry, knowing that I would be underrepresented, there was a fear there. Absolutely. A fear of knocking doors and, and having doors open and the people not having something to relate with, uh, not having a common bond, not, not seeing somebody that looked like me or spoke Spanish or there was a fear on my side. And I'm sure there's a fear on, on business's side. Like, will this person fit into my company culture? Will there be issues because of the, the culture they come from or the, the community they come from. I think it's fear on both parts, but I've been in this industry 13 years and, and worked for two different companies. And I can't say enough about how the fear was just that. It was a fear. There was no, it was grounded in no reality. There was, it was like, it was like the boogeyman, you know, like scared, 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 but there's no reason really to be scared. I, I think I fit right into the company culture. I fit right into the company. The, the, the company embraced me and, and I, I can't say enough of what, what it's done, the opportunities that have been given to me yes. and just given into that fear and said, that's not work for me. That's yeah. not work for, they like me. Let, let me find something else that, that I can 
latch onto. Uh, it, it just worked out perfectly. And I, I don't see it. And I'm living proof that it, if it can work for me, it can work exactly. for anybody. Yeah. But I, I think once both sides overcome that fear and actually kind of go, what are the real problems here? Like if, can I work here and can I hire this person and can they get along and fit into this company culture? I, I, I put that to bed and, and, and it's nothing but smooth sailing. It, it's get over that initial fear. And, and I would love to be able to, to be a, kind of a, a benchmark for somebody else someday that thinks, Oh, I can't get into that industry or I can't be successful at that. Listen, I'm from the Bronx, came from a bad neighborhood, didn't go to college and, and, there's opportunities out there, but get over that fear in your head and just bust through that wall. You'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. It, it, I can't say enough. Yeah, no, definitely. And you know what? I think overall sort of on sort of with the whole conversation, I think that's a fantastic sort of point to end on that from both sides. It really is about sort of channeling that fear, realizing that it shouldn't be a fear. We should look at it as a positive and sort of that what the opportunities that are present with diversity and diversification both sides, both parties really have to look at that and say, I'm, I'm going to be able to climb over this barrier. And once you get over it, then it's, it's fantastic what can offer, what can be offered. Absolutely. It's inspirational, actually, when you, when you, when you do that. I, I really believe so. It's very, because uh, it inspired me. Each particular challenge that I overcame inspired me to do something else that was sometimes even dramatically different, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with, with what you guys said and. uh, and, and to me, Eddie, you said that you would like for, you know, someone to look at you as maybe have been that beacon for them. That, and to me, that's called mentorship. And that's on us to be get out there and recruit some of these uh, these uh, kids and, and to wanting to be uh, like Mr. Eddie. Yeah. No. And to the, to the business owners, t- take a chance and you might be surprised with what you find. You give somebody a chance that typically isn't given chances or opportunities you get loyalty. You'll find someone that'll, that'll do anything to, to succeed and, and make you proud of them. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for completely being that sort of pioneer, that champion that, like you say, like a role model, even that people look up to and they're like, wow, it's do it's something that's definitely doable and it's achievable. And you have to sort of put that in your head that anything, anything's possible, isn't it? It has to be authentic though. And you know, especially this generation today, you know, like I say, I, I got a Gen Zer. And you got to be authentic. They don't. They don't like anybody that's that's going to come in there, you know, faking or, you know, or or, or hypocritical. You got to be. You got to be authentic. But you know what? You can just see what the, in what Eddie does and how he speaks on it, and what I do and how I speak of it. That you know, that's what we do and that's what we love. And I, I don't think we'll have an issue at all. Definitely. No, fantastic. Well, um, gentlemen, I want to say, I want to say thank you so much for your time, um, and sort of your thoughts, your opinions your willingness to discuss this topic as it's something that really does mean a lot to me. And it's fantastic for myself to see that there's others in the market and within the industry that are also so passionate about, about the topic. So thank you for that. Really appreciate it. No, you're very welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Oh, you're welcome. Maybe we'll see at a conference and, and hopefully, we hopefully. won't be the only three. We'll be like, hey, <laughs> Abel, before yeah. we close off, yep. I, I, I want to say this to you, uh, yep. you know, while we, we are live mm-hmm. here is that um, I appreciate the fact that you took this topic and you went out and seeking people like myself and Eddie in order to speak on this topic because yeah. communication is the main the main avenue in, in which to uh, change 
here in not just in the U.S., but all over the world. Yeah. And when you have someone that can communicate uh, the way that you do, um, it, it, it really, really uh, helps humanity. And, and I just want to thank you for uh, inviting uh, Eddie and myself uh, to join in, in this particular project. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really uh, appreciative. No, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Key takeaways from my discussion with Michael and Edward were that diverse workforces are extremely beneficial from a social aspect as well as from a business perspective, increasing productivity levels and reaching wider audiences with their products and solutions. In order to move forward and make workforces more diverse, we need to start by educating our younger generations and exposing them to the wide range of industries and career paths that they have access to, no matter their skin colour or background. In 2020, I feel that we are starting to turn a corner people are listening and learning, companies are pioneering fantastic diversity and inclusion initiatives, and as a recruiter serving within these industries, I'll continue to speak out and share my network stories.